Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Hey, Dave, how you doing, man? I'm a little harried, Greg. I've been rushing around, driving kids here, there, and everywhere. Um, I don't have a regular backdrop here. I'm at a different- I've got, I literally have a spider hanging off my microphone. Can you see? <laughs> I, I'm playing him like a yo-yo right now. That's so. That's this is. Here we go. There we go. Look at that. So if you're watching the boiling point right now, you can see my uh, my little spider friend. Uh, I am. Uh, I've decided because it's such a beautiful day. I'll put him back on the microphone. That I would take the uh, the podcast out outside today, Dave. And uh, because you know what, it's rare that we get such beautiful weather. You know, so uh, so here we are. Here we are. Hey, I got, <laughs> here's here's news for you. And, and you'll appreciate this more than anyone. And, and I don't know if Chris knows, our guest knows this about you, but what do you love doing more than anything? Like not drinking, but just like what kind of activity, not sailing. Yeah. Well, well, well Dave, I mean, there's multiple answers to that. Let's, let's, let's think when we first met, you know, when you're away and you want to relax, we're, we're in, we're in Bangor, Maine. We're, well, we're drinking a beer and, and or, or sitting in a hot tub. What's going on? Ah, ah. Ah, ah, is that what it is? Did you get a hot tub? We got a hot tub. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations, I had, Dave. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. They had to put, get a boom truck and put it over a house. And oh my God, <laughs> get our whole deck reinforced. And, but uh, I was thinking of you and, and I was thinking how much you and I'll enjoy sitting in it and looking at it. Well, up. listen, uh, I, I do have a mission in life for, for people to think of me when they think of hot tubs. So, uh, so that is awesome. And, and uh, you know what? There's no natural segue into our <laughs> incredible guest, Chris Kalal here, except for the fact that before you came on, Dave, Chris and I were talking about how incredibly hot it is right now in Edmonton. Like there's a, a heat wave going on and uh, we're talking about uh, the hopes that it doesn't dry up and uh, the, the forests don't... Uh, uh, catch on fire again, how they have, uh, you know, previously Fort Mac and, uh, and, uh, what's, what the slave Lake, great slave Lake, Chris, that we were yeah. talking about earlier. Yeah. And, uh, uh, which is a good segue, um, for, uh, Chris's company, which is wild and pine, which, um, the little I know about, about, uh, Chris and his company is there's doing some really, really cool work helping companies like ours, Dave, um, uh you know neutralize our carbon our greenhouse gases if you will and uh by planting trees but they're doing so much more as well so i'm really uh really excited to kind of dig into this and you know any any business that that uh adds to uh you know the the positive impact of our natural environment is one that gets me really excited so uh chris welcome to the boiling point man it's been uh it's been a few weeks uh since we met or maybe a couple months now and uh uh, I, I saw your uh, your company's name pop up when you uh, neutralized, if you will, the uh, the B Corp uh, national gathering a few weeks ago, and uh, I'm just stoked to hear hear what you guys are up to right now. And uh, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm uh, incredibly happy to be here. Um, uh, the work that uh, that we're doing here, um, it's just like your office there, Greg. Uh, it's primarily um, in the great outdoors. So. Um, um, that's really the, the foundation of our business is to, uh, you know, uh, 
help uh, our natural legacy, you know, continue and thrive um, into the future. That's awesome. So uh, why don't you let people know um, a little bit about Wild and Pine, um, you know, how you got your start. We, we are always super excited to hear about founder stories, about how, how you got here and uh, the impact that you're making specifically in a province that um, might not be as sophisticated in your space as perhaps British Columbia, as an example, your neighbors, um, you're, you're kind of in a niche market, which I, I suppose we all hope is not a niche market for very long, uh, as more and more people, uh, you know, really start investing yeah. in this, but uh, yeah, t t tell us, tell us, uh, the story of Wild and Pine. Yeah. So, uh, I, I'm the founder of Wild and Pine and, uh, I'm also a, a professional forester and why that's important is that I'm actually regulated to work on behalf of the, the environment, uh, as well as the public. So, um, my practice is, you know, uh, the intention of my practice is to um, <clears throat> communicate and practice relevant science as it applies today and so we can protect our forest resource for future generations to come. So it's a really interesting position um, now, especially in 2021, where so much emphasis and, and attention is really directed on our environment. And, you know, forestry has been a practice for, for many, many years, but um, forestry is changing. Um, perspectives are changing, industry is changing, um, so it's it's really, uh, I guess, honorable and interesting space to work in because um, I think, you know, the forefathers of our generation are really kind of, you know, leading that change um, as it, you know, as it applies to, you know, the rest of the public and, and, the, and the values that kind of we have as a, as a nation, not just, you know, the timber values um, as well, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, History of Wild and Pine, we're, we're actually over 10 years old. So um, I started my business actually in my second year of university at the, at the University of Alberta, uh, which is something that I would highly not recommend anybody uh, to do. It, um, it was certainly a challenge, but um, we, we started the business uh, when we saw a lot of changing regulation um, coming down the pipe in oil and gas um, to restore our legacy oil and gas wells back to, uh, you know, equivalent land capability and equivalent forest you know, forest land capability. So it was really a natural fit for a professional like myself um, to, you know, kind of dive into that world. And, and as you know, like Alberta is a very entrepreneurial and innovative community. So um, it uh, it was kind of a natural, you know, progression for um, for myself to kind of go down that road. And really like, I've, I've always been an entrepreneur. Like I, I've been, you know, practicing free market capitalism, you know, ever since I was a young kid, whether it was you know, shoveling sidewalks or, you know, setting up contracts with neighbors uh, for for snow or their lawns. So I, I've always really kind of had that entrepreneurial bug um, within me. So uh, it, um, I wouldn't say the last 10 years have been, you know, a breeze or anything like that, or have been, you know, extremely successful, but I can say that, you know, I've, I've learned a lifetime of, of lessons, you know, um, in the last 10 years before, you know, really, before the really the, the tender age of 30 um, as well. So um, it's, uh, it's a really interesting environment for myself to, to be in and to practice in because um, in those last 10 years, you know, before the age of 30, like I, we're going through our second recession, right? Um, it's really difficult to uh, lead a company that is in that its primary industry is the volatile industry of oil and gas, right? Um, you know, even though we're like, we're the good guys, we're going in there and restoring some some disturbed landscapes, but it's uh, it's been a real challenge um, for us to, you know, find 
um, find our lane and really be successful in it because we've always had to, you know, adapt uh, and pivot so many different times. So our primary business has always been in environmental restoration, but then over the last three years, we've really kind of um, made a commitment to focus on, you know, technology and how can we really leverage exponential technologies to make a positive impact on our landscape. So over the last three years, we developed this uh, technology, what we call Bioprism. And Bioprism is a, a an advanced vertical greenhouse for tree seedlings. So it's actually first of its kind in Canada and likely beyond um, where we actually grow tree seedlings in a 100% um, artificial environment. Um, and we also do it in a vertical environment. So um, we're not just using like standard, you know, horticulture grow lights, but we're also using uh, like advanced programmable multi-spectral lighting. So the unique um, element to, those, to that technology is actually we can mimic any solar spectrum on the planet. So if I want to be growing a tree seeding for a site north of Fort McMurray, I can mimic that, that you know, site and climate conditions within my greenhouse, you know, June 17th, 2017 at 4.34 p.m. if I want to. So we're really trying to give our seedlings every chance of survival as possible by conditioning them to the sites that they're going to be able planted. Um, you know, to take that one step further, you know, we, if we want to be growing tree seedlings for a site in Ontario, the United States, China, Peru, anything, um, our technology can really, you know, adapt to those environments and produce. So we're actually located at the Empton International Airport's Alberta Aerospace and Technology Center and, and Sustainability Campus. And that wasn't by mistake. Um, we know that we want to be bringing, you know, the, a real global symbol of sustainability, which is a tree seedling, right front and center to an international gateway, but also have access to those international markets that are really rap, you know, rapidly um, you know, forging sustainability uh, initiatives uh, forward. Um, <clears throat> first and foremost, like Canada's 2 billion tree commitment over the next 10 years, it's certainly a significant commitment, but there's countries like China that have been planting 2 billion trees every single year since 2016. Um, so the, the global demand for tree seedlings is is compounding year over year. So it's a really exciting space for us to be in and really develop that greenhouse technology so that we can hopefully, you know, be a real big part of um, the, our, you know, sustainability and environmental movement, um, you know, every single year as we move forward. And then um, more recently, over the last 18 months, we developed Wild Plant Sustainability, uh, which is really the entity that focuses on um, climate action. So, um, I would say, you know, within the last year, I don't want to say we've had like an identity crisis, but, you know, are we, a, are we an environmental restoration company? Are we a technology company? Are we a land reclamation company? And it's actually no to neither of those. We're actually a climate action company. Every single action that we do, whether it's for a client in oil and gas and forestry or on the sustainability front, helping an organization achieve like a carbon neutrality or net zero goal, everything that we're doing right now is really focused on, on future generations and climate. Um, so we've actually become Canada's first full-circle nature-based solutions carbon offset provider uh, in doing so. Chris, can you? Um, uh, that's a lot to that's a lot to try to process. So, <laughs> and, and you know, like you're right on the forefront, and so um, Greg would be you know closer to probably understanding a lot of this in terms of the just from a layman's perspective. Like, like let's start with the tree ceiling. Like, what, what, what? Did, like, just what is that? I, I mean, I think I know, but I. Actually, I don't know, and I'm kind of curious. <laughs> it's a it's a really good question. So I'm not too sure. Uh, I guess you know when I was young, I don't know if they do this, you know, in other parts of Canada, but 
um, those pre seedlings that they give out to grade one students, those little, you know, eight inch, you know, eight to 10 inch seedlings that have like a little kind of peak plug on the bottom. Um, that's what we're growing um, in our facilities. So, you know, we have the ability to not, you know, not only grow like a, a coniferous or a deciduous tree, but we can have, we can be growing shrubs and a different variety of species within our facility as well. And uh, I remember doing that with scouts. We had uh, trees for Canada. I don't know yeah. if, if you remember that, Dave, or not, if you were in Boy Scouts or not. But uh, yeah, every year we'd get trays and trays. And there's there's forests around St. John, up by the hospital, in fact, that every time I drive by, the trees are huge now. Uh, the, I tell the kids, I planted those. And they came from little little seedlings as big, you know. And uh, and that's what it is. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. I was going to say, so you, you grow them, in, you know, um, to be durable. And then, and then what you, you ship them to where, whatever, uh, organization or, or, uh, municipality or like who, who's the customer? Uh, typically our customers right now are oil and gas or forestry clients, but then also wild and pine is its own customer, um, as well. So, um, we're executing, um, uh, like nature-based solutions, um, carbon offsets or, um, environmental regeneration projects as well. So, um, typically like will be our own customer and we'll actually be going out and planting those pre seedlings and maintaining that site uh, to become a future forest over time. Oh, cool. It's funny, eh? Like, like when you think of how um, uh, oil and gas gets a real, you know, can get painted with this brush, but yet they're, they're, I mean, clearly trying to do some good as well. Right. And it's probably not well understood or not maybe recognized. You're right. And, um, Dave, to your point um, earlier as well, like we are right in the heart of, you know, industrial development in Canada. So um, I'm not going to like skirt around the issue that we have a legacy that needs to be dealt with. And that legacy is not just hurting Alberta, but it's hurting all, all of Canada as well. Um, we need to turn that reputation around. Like our identity is, uh, is really defined by nature across Canada. So um, you're right. Oil and gas is doing um, a lot of really great work. You know, if, you're not going to go out to a, you know, a field office or in downtown Calgary and find someone that doesn't care about the environment. However, there's been a disconnect um, and we need to be doing more. Um, uh, we really need to showcase to the rest of the, the global community that we, we do care about the environment and we are going to clean it up and we are going to clean it up now. Um, it, it's vital. Um, so much of our future is really tied to, you know, the global perception um, not just of, you know, an average citizen, but the perception of banks and financial institutions and partners and technology providers. Companies want to do business with other businesses that are doing good. And Alberta businesses and oil and gas, sorry, um, we struggle with that right now. Um, we are making some incredible headways, um, but we can't lose sight that um, the product that we're producing isn't just, you know, a liter of gasoline or diesel. Um, it is a very public facing, um, product and with the access to the internet and, you know, all the, the different rhetoric going on, um, we need to make sure that our message and reputation is crystal clear and pristine. And I think it's really, it's really cool. Like uh, what I love about it is like you said, you're right in right smack dab in the middle of um it, it, of our industrial uh, and oil and gas sector um and i think that's why I'm, I'm really excited about your company amongst many other reasons but the fact that you're you're really a renegade but also you're not on the side of uh you know trying to make make change by throwing rocks what you're doing is is through allyship of some sorts is helping fix up a mess 
in a way. And, uh, and I, I think that's a really good approach right now in, in such a divisive world that we're living in. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, amongst your, let's say your environmental circles outside of Alberta, maybe internationally that, that you're in, what's the, uh, what's the vibe on, uh, on having clients in that space? My company, same thing. We're a B Corp and we, we've got uh, resource development uh, clients and uh, um, we really, we, we don't struggle about uh, the clients. We do, we do choose which projects, however, uh, are, are, rel- are relevant and fix and, you know, meet our values and whatnot. But, for you, has, has there been any, any interesting uh, feedback or uh, discussion points on that? Yeah, so a little bit of background. When we first started developing Well and Sustainability, we asked that very question. Is is our head office with um, a postal code here in Edmonton going to hinder us from, from doing business with you know, other clients, whether they be you know, across Canada or international clients as well? Um, and we thought we thought about it quite seriously, um, and we have already experienced some hesitations and bias towards working with an Edmonton-based company. However, we know that our job right now at the forefront it's 100% about restoration. It's 100% about the environment and 100% about the forest. Every project that we do is beneficial and it is positive. So really those perspectives don't matter to, to Wild and Pine because every single job that we do and every single day that we put in, we are making a positive impact. Um, luckily, like we haven't, you know, encountered a, a situation where, um, you know, a, a client, you know, has, you know, expressed some interest or, you know, some pretty obvious uh, disdain about, you know, who we're helping. We, we certainly don't want to be enabling um, environmental degradation by, you know, hiring Walden Pine to do this so that we can do that over there. Uh, we're certainly very aware of that, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to communication. Uh, we really need to be effectively communicating the, the role that Walden Pine plays and the role that Walden Pine plays, not just for our client, but for the rest of Canada. Um, we can um, uh, develop our natural resources sustainably. Um, we, we, we certainly have no, sorry, not Wild and Pine, but um, um, Alberta industry certainly has um, some communications um, challenges that uh, that we really need to address and, and get over. You, you know, it's like, it, I'm so happy to hear that. And it is neat to hear, like, you know, and you're you're really clear on your purpose and what you what you guys are about, what you're accomplishing. And um, I feel like, Greg, you, I feel like a few years ago, you ran into a, you had some maybe more left-leaning friends concerned about some of the projects you guys were in or what didn't you run into that because it just and it just seems like there's there's so much more to every story and it's oh, so yeah. easy to throw rocks as you pointed out yeah like, yeah I, I i like i like using that it's like uh throwing rocks uh and it's funny uh chris and i both well and and dave you know christy o'leary of course and uh christy seems to be in the middle of all of our podcast guests somehow dave uh <laughs> which is amazing but uh Christy and I have talked about throwing rocks uh, over many, many years. And uh, in fact, even I think a few episodes ago when we, or the last time we had Christy on, I think we talked about that, Dave, about. Well, she, uh, she started, she's starting to use a different term, isn't she? She used oh. to be a rock thrower, but yeah. now, now, now she's, she said she's becoming a little bit more like Greg Hemming. So whatever that means. So um, <laughs> instead of pushing people away, you know, through our activism, we're pulling people into the middle um, and uh yeah, but it's but it's it's just like what you're saying, Chris. It's a um, it's a communication storytelling issue, where you, uh, at 
at the end of the day, 100% of what you are doing is for the forest and for the environment, right? That's, that's all you're doing and at, at, uh, with whatever partners necessary. And, yeah. uh, um, but this is the type of thing we have to navigate all of us as business owners, you know, when we, when we work in, uh, with clients that might not be working in industries that really, you know, groove with our values, you know, but, uh, at the end of the day, you have to make the best decisions for, uh, you know, to, to make the, the most positive impacts, you know, and I guess that's what, that's what the art of being a business owner is yeah. navigating those waters. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm, I'm curious, Chris, like given your entrepreneurial spirit and, uh, and your, you know, relatively, um, young age, you got lots of, lots of career, lots of years ahead of you. Um, you know, what's the, what are the biggest lessons you, you mentioned, you know, kind of the pivots and all these things happening, what are the biggest or maybe the biggest lesson in the last decade for you as an entrepreneur? Um, really have to trust my instinct. Um, you know, day in, day out, I go to bed, you know, thinking about the business and about the current position. And I wake up um, thinking the exact same thoughts. Um, uh, you know, as you know, like being a business owner, um, it really, uh, you know, consumes um, all of, you know, every, every minute of every day. Um, so, uh, there's so much resources out there and so much great, you know, help from the community that, um, you know, we can go out and, you know, we're in a changing environment. We're in a, in a changing business climate that, um, you or myself, like I know my business best, um, that, you know, just because, you know, in a book somewhere or an article, it says to do this, we really be, have to be, you know, um, trusting our instinct. Um, because, you know, things are just changing. What, what the business environment looks like in June, 2021, I bet you it's gonna be 100% different in September. Um, there's so many different you know, crazy things going on, um, COVID, you know, being one of them, but uh, that is 100% true that, you know, we, we can't really kind of sit back and relax and, you know, go by what the textbook says. Uh, I have to trust my instinct and, and go with it because, I have a team of people behind me that are also relying on me to trust my instinct and, and make that call as well. We can't sit back and, and take our foot back off the, uh, off the gas pedal. That's, well, uh, they, what, what I like with that is no one, like no one knows your business like you do. And, uh, and I think it's easy to come in from the outside and I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I have been guilty of this and I've also received all these great ideas for my business. You know, Dave, you should do that. Like, and, and, and it's like, um, I kind of feel like I'm navigating okay. You know what I mean? And if I, if I really need your advice, I'll, I'll certainly lean into it. But uh, everyone, I think we all have good advice for others. And, uh, and then and the other thing is you can't, you know, there's so much good information out there, and but not everything's a fit for, for your business, right. uh, depending on, you know, and Greg and I talked about the, the push to a lot of times in the business community, entrepreneurial community, to scale and, you know, more employees, more headcount and all that kind of stuff. And I, or, or, you know, you know, get, get your funding going and get your first series going. And that's, you know, it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And, and, uh, Chris, uh, as we come to the end of our, uh, our half hour, what's, what are ways that other businesses can get, uh, involved? Because, um, we talked about big industry hiring you guys for, you know, uh, you know, bringing, uh, you know, repairing the earth that had been previously damaged. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, the B Corp, uh, you know, meeting that we just had, the online meeting was totally offset by your services. So how could uh, Dave's Vision Coaching or Hemingshouse uh, engage in your 
uh, in your offerings? Yeah, so the when we developed Wildland Sustainability, the, the purpose of that entity was really to democratize sustainability. Um, you're not going to find you know, a person across Canada that doesn't want to plant a tree. Um, sustainability and climate change are all over the news. It's right in our face and, and every avenue of social media as well. But there's been a real disconnect on like, how can a small business, you know, on the corner uh, participate in the same kind of action that a large, large entity um, is doing across the landscape as well. So uh, the purpose of what we've been doing is to really democratize that. So um, in our services, essentially, we, you know, engage with that client, uh, understand their emissions, even if they know them, and even if they don't, that, that doesn't even matter as well. Um, working with Wild and Pine, uh, any kind of organization or even individual or a household level um, can, you know, either choose to, you know, purchase offset markets through, um, through our entity, but also engage in reforestation so they can contribute to a regional uh, reforestation and tree planting program. Um, where that forest will actually grow into a, a future forest and be protected um, over time as well. So uh, the project that um, we are working on um, earlier this week and that I'll be heading back out to uh, later today is in partnership with the Nature Conservancy of Canada. So we're planting 55,000 trees on this one site uh, that was a former uh, or a former agricultural use and we're bringing it back to um, uh, a central mixedwood forest uh, uh, like it once was uh, before it was you know, turned into agriculture. So uh, we're offering solutions that um, uh, really any kind of business or individual uh, or group can, can participate in. Do, do you have any, like, like how would people, well, first off, people that want to learn more about Well and Pine and you, how do they find you? And, and the kind of second part of that question is, while they're looking for it, do you guys, do you have any before and after pictures? Like it must be really pretty amazing to see uh, the, you know, like just the visual uh, on the impact that you're having in certain sites. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if anybody wants to learn more, they can go to our website, uh, wildandpine.ca, um, and look at the Take Action uh, section of the website, um, and then choose to, you know, participate in, in any one of those ways that are listed on the website. There, um, this year, we're just kicking off our uh, restoration project. So, as you know, trees grow very slowly, so there isn't going to be, you know, much kind of visual change, but there's many elements that we're actually um, implementing right now is to monitor those sites over time and kind of give that that customer that you know that engagement and that experience um, so that they can really see you know and you know potentially touch and feel their their investment into a regenerative you know forest um, project uh, as well. So uh, we're trying to make it as you know um, kind of you know interactive um, and um, and real um, you know for the the consumer as well. There's so many opportunities. Um, out there with other businesses that you know that are planting trees, but um, all those trees are getting planted in other parts of the world. Um, a lot of the feedback that we received is that you know if, if a company wants to be making an impact, we want to be doing it in our own backyard. We have enough you know problems of ourselves that we really need to solve first um, as well. So we're really trying to provide that opportunity that you know every kind of um, investment um, that a group or an individual wants to make that's actually leading to a benefit in a Canadian forest. It's incredible, Chris. Thank you for what you do, man. It's awesome. Really inspiring. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah. you so much. Thanks so much. I loved hearing about it. And uh, and Greg, I'm I'll never drive by the the hospital or university without thinking of you. And also, when you when you drive to the Irving Nature Park, if you look down on the right where the tree maze is, yeah, yeah. I, I planted. Uh, I was part of a five a five person crew. I uh, planted all the trees there. Helped with the maze. 
um, yeah, they're little seedlings. Now they're massive, massive they, trees. They are wow. massive. Yeah, I know yep. exactly. Learn <laughs> something new about you every day, buddy. Oh, there you go. That's awesome. Well, guys, have a great one. And uh, Chris, thanks again for being on the Boiling Point. Thank you so much. It was uh, it was a fantastic experience. I uh, I look forward to uh, continuing the conversation uh, into the future. We'll have you back again. Cheers. Right. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com. And on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.